This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. White is talking from desperation now. He is the spokesperson for what could be a failing business, end quote. Right. This is the same guy who said the same shit. 15 years ago about me and the Fertitas. This guy is such a jerk-off. Literally the biggest piece of shit in all of sports. Bob Arum, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Jim Rome Podcast. Happy Halloween. Happy episode 11. This train just keeps right on rolling, and I am fired up to bring you this conversation with USC President Dana White. Dana is a guy that I love to rap with, a guy who has absolutely no filter, which makes him so compelling. That's what makes him such a great guest, and that is the beauty of this podcast. There is no filter. There is no FCC. There's nothing but me, Dana, your horrific voicemails, and this warning. If you're playing this podcast in a car ride home, or with kids around, or at work, do so at your own peril. This is a podcast with some very strong language, some very adult language from Dana and from me. So clear the room, pot up. Episode 11 starts right after this message from Ferguson. Ferguson is the nation's largest distributor of plumbing products, but their playbook goes much deeper than just plumbing. Pros know to depend on Ferguson for the very best in waterworks, HVAC, commercial mechanical, builder, and facilities maintenance products and solutions. Ferguson has over 20,000 knowledgeable associates, and they're always working for you. You combine that with Ferguson's 1,400 locations and 24-7 online ordering, and you will always have the home team advantage. See why the pros pick Ferguson at ferguson.com today. That's ferguson.com. Listen, I'll be honest, and I will own this. As much as I hate the voicemail, last week's tape was slightly better. And by slightly better, I mean it was not a total abomination and embarrassment to me personally and my brand and did not make me want to retire right on the spot, you know, like it does every single week. At least there were a few straight takes. And I'm a guy who's all about improvement, So, if this thing is improving, even if incrementally, maybe we give it one more week. Now, don't get it twisted. I still hate this thing. Just a little less today than I did a week ago. But understand this. I might hate it a lot more about two minutes from right now. There's only one way to find out. And either way, Dana White is on the other side. And that's good enough to make me forget whatever crap I'm about to hear right now. You have 20 new messages. First new message. Bad smacks. It's Daniel and Chula Vista. And son of a bitch, John Austin has gotten fat. Rudy, Rudy, Rudy. That must be what they're cheering for him at the all-you-can-eat buffet. Message deleted. Next message. Romy Rome. Drew Jumpman Skillet. You take the voicemail from the podcast. I'm unsubscribing. How's that for data? Message deleted. Next message. Hey, Jim. Uh, one sec. Bridget! 
Message deleted. Next message. Joe and Indy, huge fan, buddy. Just want to let you know I listened to the Chris Archer podcast. Outstanding. I am a diehard Yankees fan, and I think my new favorite player, Chris Archer. That was epic. Message saved. Next message. What's up, Jim? This is Bill Walton calling. I haven't heard from you in a long time. Just got down from a bike ride from Mexico in the beautiful San Diego. Gonna watch Luke and Lonzo. Message deleted. Next message. Hey, yo, man, this message is for the Sparrow. When I'm leaving voicemail, you give it to Rome. Don't delete it, freak. Message deleted. Next message. Rome. I'm drunk. Delete this. Sparrow. Delete it. Sparrow. Sparrow. Message deleted. Next message. I love the jungle. Message deleted. Next message. Hi, Rome. This is Hannah in Denver. Message deleted. Next message. Rome skillet. Give it up to the Eagles. Not since the days of hot dog oven rib slab and Andy Seed have the Eagles soared this high. So props to Philly, man. Message deleted. Next message. Mike in Buffalo. Five and two for the Bills. Message saved. Next message. Oh, yeah. Uh, Corey Fotman here. <laughs> Proud of that one. Oh, yeah. Hey, uh, just got to say that uh, Tom Brady is going to win another Super Bowl. Best ever. Message deleted. Next message. Jim, this is Johnny Q, Seattle. Joe Buck has got to go. He's sucking every ounce of joy out of watching the World Series. The man is a butcher of the English language. Find the man a job calling numbers at a local bingo hall. Message deleted. Next message. This is Brian in St. Louis. What the hell is up with Joe Buck? Shut up, man. This dude just keeps yapping and yapping. Did they kill him? My buzz, shit. Message deleted. Next message. Hey, Jim. This is Clayton Kershaw. Message deleted. Next message. Gabe in Stockton. I love how Dave Roberts gets the call from Morrow on the phone saying, Hey, coach, I feel good. I'm ready to go in. Oh, you are? Oh, okay. I'll go ahead and put you in right away. How Don Mattingly of you, Dave. You just managed yourself out of this series, and it's over. Message saved. Next message. Romy, this is Iray. I don't want to go all hot take with it, but... I mean, bro, if the Dodgers don't win it Tuesday, I mean, I think the Astros are going to take it. Message deleted. Next message. Wow, me and my boys just got through doing a rum chata shot. I got to go, though, because we got to go to the bathroom. You know, we like to go together as one. Go Astros. Message deleted. Next message. Couple of Utah clones here. Goodbye, Dodgers. Have fun being Houston's. Little B word.
Message deleted. Next message. Hey, Jim. This is Jim McElwain here. I'm sure you know by now I've just been fired by the University of Florida. But uh, the good news is I have now more time to celebrate my true passion, and that is stuffing and mounting sharks. Message deleted. You have no more messages. Seriously. I didn't think that thing was ever going to end. I mean, is that really something that you all find entertaining? What? What about that? Somebody, one of you dial me in. How the hell did this thing get started and how do I make it stop? It's like a zombie that I cannot kill. Corey the Fart Man. Hey, Corey, I'm a 50-something-year-old professional. Is there anything about you or your flatulence that you think that I think is funny? It wasn't funny the first time. The sequel was even less funny. Bro, stop calling me. Congratulations. You made Hawk laugh. Hawk will be fired like in 30 days or less. Mike in Buffalo. Bill's Mafia. I can respect that. At least there was some coordination to your call. Same thing to the Utah clones. Way to get coordinated in a PG-rated B-word smack. The rest of you, put more effort in losers. Now you are officially on the clock. Now you are down to your very last week. And I don't care if your take is, hey, yeah, Rome, rip that and we'll unsubscribe. Great. I'll lose 50 losers. Wake the hell up. Step your game up. Step your game up. Let me ask you this. How often do you think about your socks? If you're like I used to be, probably not very often. But then I discovered socks that changed the way I'll think about socks forever. They're called Bombas. Bombas are the most comfortable socks in the history of feet. And the best part is how well they hold up. Every time I throw on a pair, they feel as good as they did the very first time. They're made from premium cotton. Bombas stay warm in the winter and cool in the summer. And every single pair comes with a built-in blister tab, innovative arch support, stay-up technology, and a seamless toe. Bombas are what feet daydream about. And for every Bombas purchase you make, Bombas donates a pair to somebody in need. It's an incredible program. So keep cool, keep comfortable, and keep contributing with the best socks in the history of feet, Bombas. Buy one pair or four at bombas.com slash Rome today and get 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash Rome for 20% off. Bombas.com slash Rome. Now on to the good stuff. Dana White. Dana White's a tycoon. He's a guy who had the vision to see the UFC on life support. He joins forces with the Fertitta brothers. They come up with $2 bucks. They buy that league. And then he's the guy most responsible for turning that $2 mil into a $4 billion monster. Now, it's my job to find people who have something to say. And on the eve of UFC 217 in Madison Square Garden, Dana had plenty to say about that card and lots of other things. Now, I do want to say this up front. The following conversation contains a lot of strong language more than we have had on any other episode to date. So if you're around kids or you yourself do not want to hear it, I understand that and I respect that. This is why I'm telling you up front, if four-letter bombs are not your thing, then this is not your particular episode. You have been warned. Hey, you're late on this anyway. You should have had a podcast friggin' three years ago. You know how much fucking money Joe Rogan's making on his podcast? It's insane. Tell me. 
he actually just moved studios and uh, he got, has this massive studio now. He built a gym in it and all kinds of crazy shit he has at this thing now. Um, like a shooting range in it and all this crazy shit. That's how well his podcast is doing. You know what I figured out, Dan? Like all this shit that I do every single day, I don't need any of this. I can just do the podcast, right? So true. I mean, you have such a loyal fan base and everybody wants to interview with you and, and uh, you're a great great interviewer it's just it's it's a home run it's a no-brainer so you know what? when we're done you and i should set up a side hustle and just figure this out and we'll just cash in on it love it good all <laughs> right in the meantime we got a fight to talk about so let's talk about the card real quick ufc 217 features a championship triple header this weekend and you're going back to new york how anxious are you to get back there i'm excited you know it's it's always good to uh to do an event at msg and the last one was so successful for us and uh you know it, it, not that i don't always want to put on great cards but you know you got to deliver when you go to msg all right so i was there that week so i remember exactly what that hype was all about in fact did it live up to the hype i mean you busted your ass for so long to get that into that state when you finally got there was it everything you thought it would be oh absolutely yeah i mean going into the city and and putting on an event at MSG was incredible. Plus, we broke the record. We didn't break the record. We shattered the record at MSG. You know, so, so, so that was huge for me. You know, think about all the incredible acts and, you know, events that have been at MSG, and, and we're number one by a long shot. All right, so you've got a chance to do it again this weekend. You've got George St. Pierre going up against middleweight champion Michael Bisping. This is GSP's long-awaited comeback. You've got a couple of really decorated dudes in the sport. Now, GSP took four years off, Dana. Most assumed that he would come back. But let me ask you this. Why now and why at 185? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, I, I don't know why he's coming back. Only he knows that. I questioned for a very long time whether he still wanted to fight. He, uh, he flew out to Vegas. We had dinner one night, and he assured me that he was going to come back and he wanted to do this. So a lot of people believe that 170-pound division is scary. There's, there's straight killers Number one to five is, is, is nasty. And I, I think part of the reason that Michael Bisping has been so, uh, I don't know, nasty to George St. Pierre is because he's completely offended that George St. Pierre, after a four-year layoff, wants to come back and fight him at 185 pounds. That's interesting. Now, what about that dinner itself? Like, what did George say to you at that dinner to convince you that he wanted to come back? George said, you know, my body is, is, is healthy. My head is in a good place. I'm dead serious about coming back. This isn't, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, negotiate harder on my deal or any of that. You know, I, I want to fight. So my, my partner, Lorenzo, was trying to get him back for a long time and trying to get that deal done and couldn't. So I, I had absolutely made up my mind that that kid didn't want to fight anymore. Yeah, I mean, Dan, I'm not even clear why he left in the first place. I mean, not only Me did neither. he... Right? I mean, not only did he take off four years ago, he did it in his prime while he was still on top of his game, left a ton of dough on the table in the process. Why did he leave when he left? I don't know. That's, that's a good question. I mean, uh, you, you know, my, my thing is this. When you are a fighter, when you're a true fighter... These guys are hungry, man. They always want to fight. Believe me, I, I know guys who are hungry and want it, and I know guys that don't. And, and, and GSP has always been, you know, a hard guy to figure out. Why did he walk out, you know, at the peak of his career, in his prime, you know, when he was making tons of money? And why come back now? I, don't, I honestly don't know the answers, and only he does. All right, so here's the thing, though. You know when these guys go, when they go and they kind of lose that drive, they lose that edge, they lose that hunger, do you get it back? And as great as this guy was, I mean, what is the biggest challenge that he or anybody else faces after that long off? 
yeah, you know, once you start to make millions and millions of dollars, it's, it's hard to be hungry. You know, I don't care what you do for a living. It's hard to be hungry after making that much money. He thinks he can come back and Bisbing is going to be, um, you know, the easiest fight for him. But at the end of the day, Bisbing never got the big fame that all these other guys got, uh, you know, when they were champions. You know, he made a lot of money, but he didn't make the kind of money some of these other guys made. And, uh, you know, as far as Bisbing's legacy goes, beating George St. Pierre is very big for him. Yeah, I was going to say, he knows it's his time. Why is that? I mean, this guy is one of those Bisping. I mean, he's one of those fight you anytime, anywhere kind of dudes. Why did he not get his? I don't know. It's it's a weird thing. Some people do, and some people just don't. You know, there's got look at Conor McGregor. This guy pops up five years ago out of nowhere and becomes you know one of the biggest sports stars on the planet. Um, and then a guy like Bisping, who's been grinding it out his entire career, has the most wins in UFC history. Um, super durable, very tough, very well-rounded, um, you know, fun to listen to. Michael Bisping, you know, has that charisma, and his, his press conferences are hilarious, his interviews are funny, but just didn't become the big star that some of these other guys did. The thing about Bisping, he had a, a distraction leading up to the fight. A teenager is suing him, Dana, for allegedly choking him. You called this guy, quote, a fucking pussy, a fucking <laughs> embarrassment, and a clown. Did you ever get Bisping's side of the story? What did Bisping say happened that day in the gym? I did get Bisping's side of the story. And, and what happened was this guy uh, came over to him and, and started throwing his weights off, uh, off the equipment that he was using. And then um, Mike said, hey, what are you doing? He said, I'm using this equipment here. And uh, Mike said, we can't work in together. And the guy looked at Bisping and goes, do you fucking know who I am? And Mike, Mike laughed and said, do you fucking know who I am? You know, this is one of those typical guys who opens his mouth and talks a bunch of shit and then uh, realizes that he's in deeper than he should be. Now you're going to sue Michael Bisbing? These type of people make me sick. I, I can't stand them. I don't care what happens in this lawsuit. You know, we're, we're involved in this lawsuit, too. Who gives a shit? These, this, this is the typical kind of pussy, these, these guys that are out there right now who open their mouth when they should shut the fuck up and, and lift your weights. Typical, I, I literally can't stomach these type of people. Every bar or every gym has one, right? Why did this mm-hmm. particular kid piss you off so much? Listen, if you want to be that guy and you want to get into a, to a beef with Bisbing or any other person at the gym, fine. You know, that, that, that's life. Do it. Don't, don't go get a lawyer. Don't go get a lawyer and start suing people after you do it, after you open your big mouth and act like a tough guy. Uh, now you're going to go get a lawyer? You make me sick. <laughs> All right, then. Also on that card, you've got UFC Bantamweight champ Cody Garbrandt, who says that his fight with TJ Dillashaw is going to be or should be the headliner, that that's the real event and that's the fight that people want to see, not Bisping and GSP. Look, Dan, I would imagine you want your fighters to feel that way, but what's your response when you hear that? And did you give any thought to letting those two headline the event? Hey, that's a good problem to have. I'll take it. You know what I mean? I agree. Cody Garbrandt and TJ Dillashaw is an awesome fight. Um, And I, I predict that to be, out of all the great fights that we have on the card, I predict that to be the fight of the night. These two guys cannot stand each other. They are both incredibly talented, incredibly fast on on their feet and on the ground. They're great. Um, Yeah, it's a good problem to have. And Dan, generally, when you see guys like that and they hate each other, I mean, it's personal and they hate each other, but these guys are fellow warriors and combatants. Normally, when you come out of something like that, is there a mutual respect or often do they come out of that hating each other even more? 
Well, here's the thing. Normally, guys will hate each other because, you know, of, of smack talking or that guy has what you want. But in this situation, this is so much deeper because these guys were all teammates and everybody feels like TJ screwed the team over and that he screwed Uriah Faber over. This, this is completely different than, than, than most of these type of uh, – but if you look at John Jones, when they were in the same situation, they were teammates and, uh, and trained together. After the fight, they didn't become friends again. You mentioned John Jones. You know, you suggested recently that Jones wasted more God-given talent than any athlete ever, ever. Here's my thing. Why? Why? I mean, what's his deal? Was it just a matter of him not being able to deal with the money and the fame and everything else that came along with it? Or was it something else? Or, Dana, was it just about the money? Uh, I, I don't know. You, you know, he, he's not a just-about-the-money type guy. He's really not that kind of guy. I just think that, you know, John likes to party and you know he's a guy that likes to go out and have fun and do whatever it is he does and I think the money and the fame made it a thousand times worse you know this guy just couldn't control himself and would completely go off the deep end you know listen we've all I'm not sitting here acting like Mr. Holier than thou we've all gone out and had fun and you know probably party a little too much here and there but he consistently consistently kept doing it and and even when he would he would completely fuck up he would pull himself together and then come out and completely fuck up again i mean even this last time when he came back fans forgave him and he he was the most popular fighter and everybody wanted to see this guy succeed and he did it again it's just it's it's just unbelievable And I get when you're that young and you get that much that soon, it's going to happen. But when it happens over and over and over again, and finally you know, even like with a year of suspension, you still get another opportunity and the fans still love you. When that plane is going into the side of the mountain, Dana, how the hell do you not pull out of it? How do you not fly right? How do you not get leverage on yourself before you piss it all away the way he has? Jim, even worse than that, this guy was looking at jail time. I mean, this judge gave him another shot. And, you know, this guy was looking at some serious jail time and and, and a lot of bad stuff, and that still didn't wake him up. If that's not a wake-up call, you're unfixable. And, Dan, you mentioned Conor McGregor. Bisping's got his theory. He says the reason GSP came back was to get a big-money fight with Conor. I mean, it would make sense, right? Two of the biggest names, two of the best ever to do it. How likely is that to happen, GSP and Conor, at some point? We literally have never talked about it. Never even talked about it or anything. We're we're not even thinking about GSP. GSP's camp likes that idea, whatever. Conor McGregor can fight anybody. That guy could fight anybody, and, and, and he's going to do well. It doesn't have to be GSP. GSP, you know, has to come back and, and, and prove that he's still willing to fight and wants to stick around. You know, after he fights Biz, if he beats Bisbing, which is a tough fight, if he beats Bisbing, you know, he's got to fight Whitaker next at 185. So, I mean, Conor's not even in the conversation. Well, and plus, when you know GSP, you know if you're going to look down the road, and that sounds to me like that's a year or more down the road. You can't look that far down the road with GSP. And to your point, Connor, no matter what Connor does, it's going to be big. So what's the biggest and best thing for Connor right now in your mind? Is it a unification bout with Tony Ferguson or something else? 100%. That, that, that's the fight that has to happen. Him and Ferguson at 155 pounds. All right, so when might that happen? Before the end of the year? Connor still wants to get a fight in before the end of the year, so we'll see what happens. Where's Connor's head at right now? Does he want to box again, and would you let him? He's, he's ready to get back into mixed martial arts. And I, I, I know I wouldn't want to do that again, but uh, never say never.
And listen, I know how hungry he was on the way up. I know four and five years ago, we all know his story. I understand why he was willing to do all that. But now he's got that so-called fuck you money. Does he have that same edge and same hunger and same fire? That's a good question. You know, that's, that's what we'll see in his next fight. Fuck you money is a real thing, you know. It's, just, it's, it's hard to be hungry when, uh, when, when you got that much money. You and I talked about the sale to WME and IMG, and while I know it was definitely emotional and very challenging for you to leave the Fertitas, in fact, you've said you didn't come out of your room for about a week. It was still a very lucrative day, so you could be sitting on a beach somewhere earning your 10% on cash that maybe you and your kids and your kids never get to, or maybe you could take a run starting something else altogether new, but you're not doing either of those things. In fact, you recently said not only are you not leaving, you're burrowing in like a tick. (laughs) How how come? I mean, at this point, I know it's not about the money, so what is it about? Why stay and grind, and what do you like about UFC 2.0? Yeah, no, I love love this business. Um, I love coming in here every day and putting together fights and then watching the fights that we put together. I don't know. I just – I can't picture myself doing anything else. See, to me – Going on that beach and hanging out is coming into this office and doing this every day. That's, that's what this is for me. This is what I love to do. Believe me, I, 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 it's not like I just hit the lottery and, and made some money. I've had money for a while, and I, I've been on the vacations, and I've done that shit. After four days, I'm ready to kill myself. I, I, I can't do these, go hang out and do nothing all day. It's, just, it's not my personality. It's, it's not who I am. This is what I love to do. This is, this is my passion. That doesn't mean you're not trying to expand. You talked about getting into boxing recently, that you might be open to promoting boxing under the UFC umbrella. So let's get into that for one minute. Like, What does that mean? Does that mean you throw your hat into the ring to see how it goes? Or do you feel like you can go in and dominate boxing the way you have MMA? Yeah, I just, I just know how good we are at what we do. And uh, I know we're better than uh, pretty much everybody else out there. I think that the guys who are involved in boxing, the fighters, would enjoy being under this umbrella and fighting for us. And, uh, yeah, I do think we could do it better than everybody else does. So what the hell, why not give it a shot? So I was going to say, do you think that the boxers would be better served going with you and UFC rather than staying, for instance, with Bob Arum or Oscar De La Hoya? 100%. How come? We're, good. we're the best. We're the best at what we do. We, we think about the future. If you look at this facility that we're in right now, state-of-the-art facility with every piece of equipment you can think about as far as uh, recovery, uh, you know, getting stronger. We have a restaurant here that they eat in every day for free. costs nothing for the fighters to come here and, and, and do all this stuff. Plus, we have a physical therapy um, center here where all the fighters can come in and, and get physical therapy for free. On top of, you know, I think we do our events better than they do. Our production is better than the, than the production that's out there. I think everything in this business that you could possibly do, we do better. And we have health insurance for our fighters. Obviously, Bob Aaron was not happy to hear any of this. And his Fuck quote. him. I was going to say, Dana, his quote was, what the fuck is White talking about? White is talking or speaking from desperation now. He is the spokesperson for what could be a failing business. End quote. I mean, I didn't even get a chance to get your reaction before you gave me your reaction. <laughs> Danny, you were already on record as saying, quote, Aram is the biggest dirtbag in all of sports. So what do you make of him now that he's saying this and that he said that you might be a spokesperson for a failing business? Right. This is the same guy who said this same shit 15 years ago about me and the Fertitas. He said they're losing oodles and oodles of money. This, this, I don't even know what the fuck oodles and oodles means, but we're losing oodles and oodles of money. And, um, and this business was a joke. It was going to go under. Nobody will ever get, you know, be into a sport like this. 
and and here we are today. I mean, this this guy is such a jerk off. It, literally the the biggest piece of shit in all of sports. Bob Arum, ladies and gentlemen. Dana, before you go, I want to talk to you about Las Vegas and what the town's gone through. Country singer Jason Aldean was performing the night of the Las Vegas massacre, and he was committed to singing the national anthem for UFC 216. He chose instead to appear on Saturday Night Live. You made it pretty clear you were not happy about that. Quote, the image was more important than coming back to Vegas and playing for the people who are his fans and who got shot watching him play. Fuck you, Jason Aldean. Stay out of Vegas. I mean, you were pretty hot. Was that some heat-of-the-moment stuff where emotions were still running high, or are you still kind of of that mindset? Hey, fuck you, dude. Stay out of Vegas. Yeah, you know, I, listen, the one thing that I can't stand are phonies, man. And, and, I, and I just think the guy's a total phony. First of all, this wasn't a UFC festival. It was a country music festival. The people who were there and, and were injured and, and, and killed and, you know, were shot at were his fans. And a lot of people here in Vegas stepped up, stepped up from the first responders to, you know, the casinos here in town and other people, you know, who have businesses here in town. We all put up money to help the, uh, you know, to help the victims of this thing. And yeah, obviously I was, I was pretty passionate about it, but how do you not come back and, 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 and be a part of this thing? We had over 1,500 first responders and like a dozen people who were shot that night. Um, and the guy chooses to go on Saturday Night Live first because he didn't like the fact that people were saying he ran off stage. When in fact, to defend him, the people that I talked to, the only reason they knew it was real was because he ran off stage. So he actually saved people's lives by running off stage the way. And plus, who wouldn't run off stage? The guy's getting fucking shot at. Yeah, you're going to run off stage. He doesn't know what's going on either. He doesn't know what's going on or what's happening. But to not come back here, uh, you know, oh, and, and then when I call him out on it, the next day he flies back to Las Vegas and goes to the hospitals and starts visiting people. You know, it's all image shit. Be real. Be real. Really care about your fans. Come out here and do that. Care about the people who are the first responders. You know, it's just, you know, at the end of the day, it's his life. The guy can do whatever he wants. He's just not my kind of guy. You've called Vegas a home for a long time. UFC yep. is headquartered there. I mean, this was the worst mass shooting in the history of the country, and it took place 10 minutes from where you live and where you've raised a family. What kind of emotions did you go through, and how did you go about processing the whole thing with your family and your employees? Yeah, no, I was, I was pretty emotional. I mean, the, the first thing we did, for, watching it play out on TV, then the next day you start, you know, trying to find out if any of you know, your loved ones were there or any of that. Then we came and found out, uh, you know, how many of our employees were there. Were they all okay? Um, and, and then it's just all about, you know, how do we fix this? How do we help? How do we make this better for the people that were involved in this? And uh, I've never been more proud to live in Las Vegas from, you know, from the MGM to Sheldon Adelson, um, the Boyd Group, Station Casinos, and the Fertitta Brothers. And the list goes on and on of, of people. Uh, Tony Shea from Zappos. All, all these guys who, who, who dove in and, and, and helped. It was pretty impressive. And, uh, you know, we, we, we raised some good money. You know, these guys were trying to start a uh, GoFundMe. We don't need a GoFundMe. There's enough money in this town for us to take care of our own. So it was awesome. It was awesome to see the community. And a lot of people don't realize that Vegas is a real community. Real people live here. We have kids. They go to school. And, you know, but, but 
you found out when this bad thing happened in this town, how everybody came together. It was, it was pretty awesome. Why was it so critical to go on with UFC 216 in that town less than a week after that happened? Because one of the things that I don't like is you got this fucking coward who's hiding in his hotel room with fucking guns, shooting innocent people who are out having fun. You don't let a guy like this, a coward, dictate how you're going to live the rest of your life, you know, and how you're going to, what you're going to do that weekend or the next day and live in fear and hide out and we should shut down the city. And I I just don't believe in that. You know, we get out there and we do what we can do to help the people who are affected, jump right back in and start living your life again. You don't let cowards dictate how you're going to live. I know it's a big weekend for you, Dana. I want to say I might be late to this podcast game, but this podcast, at least as it relates to what I do and my brand, was made for conversations like this. This is why I do this thing. So I want to thank you very much and tell you how much I appreciate you once again, Dana. That was tremendous. Well, you're the best, and congrats, man. Continued success, my friend. Dana freaking White always delivers, but never quite like that. Now, speaking of Ronda Rousey, I remember the first time that I met her. It's when I sat down in season one of our Showtime show for an interview with her. And that was before she had blown up. I had never met Ronda before. And truth is, within a few minutes into that interview, I knew that she was going to be a star. I mean, she just had this crazy charisma about her even then. A swagger and a ton of it. Lots of it. Now, it, of course, is nearly impossible to explain. But you know it when you see it. And she had it coming out of her ears. Great charisma and a million-watt smile. And because today is Halloween, it's only fitting that one of my all-time favorite moments of any interview was her response when I asked her what would be her strategy for the zombie apocalypse. When the zombie apocalypse goes down, what is your survival strategy? Fucking houseboats. Houseboats, man. It depends on the kind of zombies you're dealing with. You know, you could have slow, all-the-time daytime zombies, or you could have sprinting, fast, nighttime zombies, like, 28 days later. So I don't really know. It would kind of depend. I would lean more towards houseboat if it was, um, like, sprinting, like, nighttime zombies, because then you could just go out at night and then come back and chill in the daytime. And then you could just live on a boat, and it'd be cool. Ronda Rousey, that is just awesome. Quote, fucking houseboats. Again, one of my favorite responses to any question I have ever asked of any athlete in a quarter of a century plus of doing this. Freaking brilliant, Rhonda. Now, before we bust out of here, let me tell you about Stamps.com. Listen, these days, you can get practically everything on demand, such as our podcast. Listen whenever you want, when it's convenient for you. So let me ask you, why are you still going to the post office and dealing with their limited hours? When you can get postage on demand with Stamps.com. Anything that you can do at the post office, you can now do right from your desk. As an example, the holidays are coming up. My wife, Janet, is all about the Christmas card. We send out hundreds, literally hundreds of Christmas cards, and there's no way we could do it without Stamps.com. I'm going to print my own postage. I'm going to do it when I want and do it at home. Trust me, with the holidays coming up, you should do the exact same thing, and you'll thank me for it. Right now, use my name, Rome, for a special, special offer. A four-week trial, which includes postage and a digital scale. Do not wait. You want to go to Stamps.com, and before you do anything else, click on the radio microphone at the top of the homepage and type in my code name, Rome. Once again, Stamps.com. 
enter Rome. Stamps.com. Never go to the post office ever again. I know I won't. Stamps.com. 11 up, 11 down. And if you have not done so already, go check out the other 10 episodes because I seriously could not be any happier with how this podcast is rolled out. And if you liked what you heard with Dana, go check out my other conversations with the likes of Aaron Rodgers, Bob Costas, and Harvey Levin, to name just a few. Again, thank you very much for listening. I will catch you right back here on the 7th for episode 12. Until then, I'm out.